Welcome to the podcast is dedicated to making you a faster cyclist. The ask a cycling coach podcast presented by trainer road. I'm coach Jonathan Lee with our head coach, Chad Timmerman, Hi, everybody. our CEO, Nate Pearson. Hi everybody. And we are going to answer more of your cycling and triathlon related questions today, especially about testing or fitness assessments. Mm-hmm. We're going to focus on that this week. Uh, we get a lot of questions about, uh, fitness testing and a lot of questions that you send in, you don't actually realize are related to fitness tests, but they absolutely are. So, uh, we've been actually working on a new testing format, which we're going to go into, uh, in, in, we're going to go deep into that today. Great length. Mm-hmm. You've been asking for it. Yep. Today. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go into deep detail on that. And then we have people joining us on a live stream right now, which if you just listen to the podcast, you can join us for a live stream. It's usually every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific, and you can join us there. And we will be uh, taking some questions from folks uh, about testing and everything else and answering those uh, through this week too. So, um, but before we go any further, we do have some, some, some items to take care of. First of all, the ask a cycling coach podcast, Facebook group, it's going awesome. Yeah. Well, sort of, <laughs> I'm not winning the, the <laughs> vote. True. Actually, you're beating me now. Am I, I now? Yeah. But you voted oh. for yourself again. You went away from me and voted for yourself and yeah. that pushes you one vote ahead of me currently. Well, that's because of something that happened to you. So I pushed myself yeah, ahead again. Smart, Pretty yeah. low down. It keeps smart. changing, but I like being the underdog actually. It's even more motivating. Yeah. Yeah. So you can go on to the Facebook podcast podcast group. Just look trainer roads. It's a, it's a name that hopefully you can remember, although it is lengthy trainer roads, ask a cycling coach podcast, Facebook group. You can just look up trainer road and you'll see it. If you were to say trainer or podcast comes up. Yep. Uh, you can click on that and join in there. And it's a spot where not only do we have polls about who's going to win our 40 KTT challenge, but it also has, uh, information and insights that we are getting kind of some behind the scenes stuff as well. Uh, but it's also a place where you can ask your, your, your training questions or, or equipment questions, that sort of stuff and get some answers. And it's been really cool to see all of you listeners helping out all of the other listeners and kind of chiming in and helping folks. Chad McNeese, you've been killing it. Yeah, yeah. seriously. You, and he Big is, fan of that guy. he answers them like correctly. Like <laughs> we look at it, it's we great. have people dedicated to go in these, these forums and, and look at stuff. And, uh, Ian's one of them in here and he looks at it, Chad already answered and he's right. <laughs> yeah. like, what do I do? <laughs> Chad's yeah, everywhere. It's the other coach, Chad. It's the yeah, other coach, the Chad. Coach Chad. So yeah, yeah. great job, Chad McNeese. Yeah. Uh, Steve Mikowski too. Thanks to him. He's always in there helping oh, yeah. out. There's a lot of regulars and it's great. smart people. And if, uh, just so you know, too, like, uh, we're reading them all too. So like, totally we're there. Yeah. I mean, maybe not the three of us, but someone at trainer road, a lot of, we have this process where lots of questions get funneled through Chad because Chad is such in high demand. It's hard to put him yes. everywhere on the internet. That's all yes. I do. Yep. We We're trying to turn him Chad. into a AI. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Coach Chaz. Yeah. Coach, that's Coach an inside Chaz. joke. Coach Chaz. Um, so you can go in there. Uh, a couple things I really wanted to, to start out with, since it's only a week old, uh, there are lots of folks jumping into that and it's awesome. Uh, but I just wanted to let you know that like, if you have a question about like, or if you have like a feature request, for example, like something you'd like to see in trainer road, the best way to do that is actually just to go uh, support a trainerroad.com and submit that. And we actually have a whole channel that we log those feature requests and then review those regularly with uh, product managers reviewing the whole thing. One thing so, I do like though, is mm-hmm. if there's a discussion around it. Totally. So like, if you have an idea and you're like, well, what if like, would this, would other people be interested in that kind of thing? Cause mm-hmm. sometimes the best things it's, it happens here too. It's not your initial idea. It's a discussion what comes out after six or seven revisions of that. And then you're like, oh, 
Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah. So I guess it, the conversation's totally fine and yeah. it's great to have. That said, if you're looking for like a specific rec- like uh, response from Trainer Road, that sort of thing, it's best definitely sent yeah. to yeah, support exactly. at trainerroad.com. And we have a process for that too, actually. Uh, those get all... All of your feature requests get put into a list, and then once a week, the product managers uh, and I sit down and read through every single feature request, and then uh, we prioritize that, and we get so many feature requests, and our company has about 61, I think someone someone left to go, a support agent yesterday left to go work on a fishing boat. Yeah. He's trying to become a f- professional fisherman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, yeah. So I think we have 60 today, but the, uh, the idea is we can't get all of those features done Right. So we have to prioritize them. So just set expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, it's always a shuffle, and sometimes they, we have to make sure that it falls in line with our our goal to make people faster and stuff too. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you also have like a problem with the product, for example, like a dropout with your power meter or your smart trainer or something, that that group isn't the spot to post that. Um, it's definitely once again get in touch with our support agents. They'd be able to. They're they're trained specifically for those sort of issues. Uh, but the training questions and that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of fun, see. A lot really of cool. fun questions in there. Yeah, um, and, and feel free to ask silly fun questions too. That's totally fine. Yeah, another thing, um, a lot of people, I understand, like hate Facebook, right? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another community that's up and coming. It's the Reddit forum community. So Reddit's like a, the world's largest forum, and they're divided into subreddits. And there's yeah. a subreddit called r r slash trainer road. And we didn't make it. Uh, it's community driven, and uh, we still have people looking at it. But there's a lot of great questions in there, too. Uh, you can post in there. It's an active community. I'd really like that one to get up bigger, too. And there I see a lot of actually training plan questions. How do I peak for this event? And again, more smart people. Like, mm-hmm. there are tons of smart. Yeah. Like Lots of them. Lots of I know. They, should, they could just be on the podcast, just like take one of us, <laughs> put exactly. them right in. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So those are some good communities where you can get your questions answered. You can also submit those questions to trainerroad.com slash podcast. And we do read every single one of those. I read every one of them every week. Um, it's a lot of them. You all have a lot of questions. It's good. So, uh, but that's how, how that, that goes there. And then also just something I wanted to mention, and we mentioned this at the live stream just before we got started with the podcast, but if you do use Trainer Road or you listen to this podcast or you join one of those groups, that sort of thing, honestly, it's a really simple move. But if you just refer, just tell somebody else about it, that would be such a huge help to us. And then what that basically does is that allows us to build more of the features that you want. It allows us to build even more stuff, bring on more people because you know we're not some big venture funded company that just has so much money they don't know what to do with. We, we take a very measured approach. So the more you can do that sort of thing, then the better the product comes, the more podcasts. It's like stuff. the, the NPR so. part of it. Yeah, we're like the, it. But it's basically, the phone, if, the phone if you like what we're doing, tell a friend and <laughs> we'll do it faster. Because if we get to 120 employees rather than 60, oh man, we will right. go so much faster. It'd be amazing. And we will be efficient with those employees. Yeah. I swear. Yes, exactly. No, no, no waste. So, um, and then a couple other just quick, uh, quick items. Uh, we have some new features that are actually having more employees. Like we're talking about here is helping us push more features out. We, uh, um, so we do, we previously, we've done a really bad job of mentioning new features on the podcast. Yeah. So do you mind if I go through them? Please go okay. ahead. So just, we're going to do some really quick updates of what happened to the product in the last week. Um, on the in the app now workout scrubbing so uh if you look into if you click on like a workout and there's that summary page the detail page of the workout before you actually go into it mm-hmm. you can put your finger over that chart and you can see how many watts you the actually, are going to be yeah, you touch and slide yep yep and before you could only do it on the website mm-hmm. and it would be annoying because you would i'd go to it and be like oh, are those at like 
290 or 310? Because that yeah. makes a big difference <laughs> to me. Yeah. And yeah. then now I can just put my finger on it and you can figure it out. Yep. So that's there. The next thing that launched is workout tech sounds. I don't remember. If we, we talked about talked that about actually yeah. on the podcast, but now it's actually it's, now it's, it's actually out. It's in the wild. We made the mistake of mentioning something in beta and yep. that confused a lot of people. Yep. But now it's in the wild. So if you haven't had text for 15 seconds, you'll get a little nice sound that alerts you to look back at the screen. Mm -hmm. There's more text. Mm -hmm. On the website, uh, on performance analytics, when you look at a past ride, we now have, there's a, in the upper right, you can turn on speed overlay. Yep. Um, so we didn't have that at, at first, but if you if you always leave speed on, it's kind of, it gets really hard to read the chart because yeah. it looks like, like a four-year-old just scribbled or yeah, exactly. probably like a two-year-old really. Yeah. Um, but we like this as you can actually turn all those things on and off. So with, I, I will like, oh, I want to see speed. I turn it on and then I turn it back off. Mm -hmm. And power is still king. That's what, what we think. Mm -hmm. Power zone buckets. Now when you click and drag on the chart, the power zones will actually um, update live as you click and drag. So mm -hmm. this actually came out of, we looked at Jonathan's crit, but mm -hmm. you had the, it running for both crits. Yep. And it made it hard to figure out the coasting time for each crit mm -hmm. or, or no and time at VO2 max things we're right. looking at. So yeah. then we added that feature because we saw that as a, something mm -hmm. we should have added. Indeed, yeah. Yeah. So it's pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. That's really handy to have. Like it's, uh, and also if you are a lap racer, for example, and you want to see the, the time in zone or the time that you've spent for those, that like a specific lap versus another lap it's can, it's super helpful. Yeah. yeah. And then you can also, uh, or like the first half versus second half. That's exactly. Huge. Yep. Split yeah. it up. Negative splits. Um, on mobile, you can now select intervals. So which is awesome. You'll actually you'll kind of like press and hold, and then you can drag over. You'll see the little blue handles come up, and you can create those intervals. So that's it for now. More cool stuff coming. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then uh, something else that uh, we have we we talked a, a couple of weeks ago about the obviously the all the features with performance analytics, and we're working on a, on a post right now that has like a lot of basically kind of all the different things you can do with performance analytics to analyze a ride. And that will be up on our blog very soon here uh, within the next uh, within the next week. So. The key thing is it's not about it's more like how you should be pacing and how you can use performance analytics to tell how yeah, exactly, you can pace right. or yep. stuff like that. It's all actionable. It's exactly. all stuff there where that can make you a faster cyclist. If it doesn't do that, we don't do it. That's yeah. basically, that's our rule, right? So um, then also a lot of folks are listening to this either on the drive or probably already in Kansas right now because it's Why? dirty Kansas <laughs> week. <laughs> when are we going to do it? I don't want to do that race. If you get us, if people get us to 70 employees, I'm going to make Jonathan do it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Everyone's Just referring kidding. everyone right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, that sounds like a miserable day. Um, Can, isn't there like a 300 mile one we could do? No, yeah. This year, the Dirty Kansas XL. Think DK of how XL. much we would learn. Uh, no, yeah, no. learning stops at about 50 <laughs> yeah. miles from me. That'd be cool to do it as a relay. <laughs> oh, yeah, 100, 100. All right, yeah, sure. That. I don't know if they have that. I think that I they think believe, they you know, Midwest gnarly men and women that, that are strong, you know, strong folk, corn fed folk, corn, just eat corn, corn fed folk. <laughs> they can handle that sort of thing. So liquid corn. Um, Baked first corn. of all, I want to say good luck to Yuri Oswald, friend of the podcast who is doing DKXL, uh, bless his heart. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Didn't he win another one? He did in the past. Yep. He and, won uh, like Dirty Kansas. Yes. Yes. Um, and he's he, he doesn't have aspirations of winning Dirty Kansas again, but the guy during the tour of California, he like led a group of riders and they did every stage of the tour of California beforehand. 
And he was like, his job, a lot of the time, he said it was rounding up donkeys, but he was basically like, he was like shepherding these folks like to the line. So I guess that was a good training camp for him to do that beforehand, but 300 by, miles. By the way, did you guys know we could have done our 40K TT on the Tour of California course? No. Yeah, and we would be sad. done. And that would have been so much, so awesome, right? <laughs> Instead of going all the way until the end of June. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. Now we're trying to overlap our 40K TT training with- Mountain bike, huge races. Basically everything else, criteria yeah. training. It's tricky. Um, so, but anyways, if you're racing Dirty Kansas, good luck. Um, we are hoping to have, well, it may be a winning ride file, no pressure on uh, Mr. Kabush, but just the same, we're going to do some an, some analysis after this. Um, and you'll see that up on the blog on blog.trainerroad.com on what it takes to hang with a front group at least, or at least for a certain amount of time. Hopefully no mechanicals or something it, like that hit, but if it's going to be interesting up, stuff. It's still an interesting file. Oh, for right? sure. Oh, if yeah. you get second, it's super interesting. I mean, because oh, yeah. I just, I, I get so like... I want to know his weight too of race day. Yeah. But I'm so interested in what pros can do yeah. versus like and average it's Not shows. just a pro, but a pro at the top of his game too. Jeff yeah. Bush we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, we'll be looking into that and using performance analytics to fully understand what it takes to uh, hold at the front Dirty Kansas. So uh, good luck to, geez, the, the whole the whole entire crew. Like Ted you. King, a friend of the podcast too, the whole, the whole group. So it'll be good to see how that race goes. It's supposed to be super hot and not muddy this year. Mm. So they say maybe a hundred over a hundred degrees. Oh, so, oh boy. Yeah. It's going to so be rough. Not feeling that at all. Uh, for us, we don't have dirty Kansas, but we have lost and found coming up this weekend. And by we, yeah, it's true. <laughs> we do Chad. Me. You guys do. So what happened, Jonathan? Uh, I was racing a mountain bike race. Well, so first of all, my, my knee has been troubling me, uh, pretty greatly. And, and as somebody pointed out on Strava, they said, do you have a secret trainer road account? Because I see no workouts. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I've been basically limited with, uh, between, uh, one race a week and then, you know, trying to get in a longer training session on the weekend. That's basically all I can do with my knee. And then the knee gets too inflamed and I can't do anything for a while. Uh, but I crashed. I, I made a, you know, when you're racing mountain bikes or bikes period, and you get inside your head and you start to think of like every marginal gain you can do. I thought that maybe if I can skirt these rocks around the right, you know, maybe I can get away with the, you know, gaining a few bike lengths on the person behind me. And I ended up, th I thought it was sage leaves on the side and it was a giant branch and it hit my front brake and I crashed really hard. So smashed my knee into some rocks and I could probably ride a hundred miles right now, but it's not smart. So I'm going to wait and I'm just going to support you guys in one way or another, still figuring out exactly how I'm going to do that. But so you tried to do, get a little bit faster on the course. You took a risk, took a risk. And it was a off. totally, it, I, I made the right decision. I still think, uh, because I had no clue of telling that that wasn't a giant branch, right? It looked like just sage leaves. Um, so I, based so you, on the information I had, you do right it again. <laughs> well, no, no, based on the information I had at that moment, it was the right choice. He understands why he made the choice and probably in the future, totally you'd make that same choice. It was bad luck. Then. Yeah, 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 exactly. Right. Like I had no way of knowing that it was different with the information I had, it was the right choice. Uh, cause it was the inefficient choice, right? Um, mm -hmm. just, you know, didn't work out and that's how gambles work, right? Sometimes they don't. So you're just so everyone knows you're still in for the 40 KTT. I am. You're still in for Carson city. Yes. This is more of a, uh, it would not be smart to ride a hundred miles right after you On decided to knee. smash your already hurt knee into a rock. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's just a thing where I feel like if I skip out on this one, I may be able to then have more training that happens in between now and the 40 KTT rather than if I do this one, I'll have less training. So mono y mono, Chad, <laughs> <laughs> we um, both are like pretty deflated that you're not going to be there. I think, right. 
it'll, <laughs> Chad's like, I don't take it the wrong way. It's not going to affect my race at, yeah. at all. I exactly. Mean, you, you leave and I see you when the race is over. So, right. I know, yeah. but are you, so you're going to still going to show up though? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find a, a, a motorcycle or a vehicle to be able to get around the course more efficiently, uh, to get some photos and, and all that stuff. So then some people can nice. see that. We need to load you up with a cooler and just bottles for us. So you yeah. can give us hand ups. That'd be great. Yeah. Um, the other thing that people should know if they're racing lost and found and they're listening to this is that we've had extremely heavy thunderstorms and rains over the past two weeks about uh, prior to this week. Mm -hmm. And as a result, it sounds like the course has some chunked up sections. So if you're on the, on the fence that uh, recently chunked up from that rain, from the flash floods, if you're on the fence between like a mountain bike or a cross bike or larger volume tires or, 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 you know, skinnier tires, uh, I'd recommend erring toward the side of a little bit more cushion, uh, probably a better idea. I'm doing a uh, uh, specialized uh, epic. Yep. Epic, mountain bike. Mountain bike locked out with uh, 40C like cross tires. Mm -hmm. And Chad is doing a hardtail mm -hmm. uh, mountain bike, uh, light, like 19 pounds with Aspen uh, mountain bike tires, Max's right. Aspen. Yep. 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 And Good we point. all, even though it was a road section, uh, one is better for our Leadville prep. Mm -hmm. Yep. 100 miles on this bike. That's entirely, it entirely why I'm doing it. Yeah. hundred miles on a mountain bike. See what it's like. That was exactly my plan too. I think it's a smart thing to do for that. I think I'll actually be faster on a mountain bike because of the downhills and the, mm -hmm. the, just the reduced fatigue and stuff, mm -hmm. which brings me to my next thing. Mm -hmm. I was just last night, there was a, this kind of a, a study of studies or where they, you know, they combine a whole bunch of studies review. into one or review. Yeah. That's what they call it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I talked about carb loading and I was like, mm -hmm. Hey, I need to carb load because <laughs> lost and found six hours. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's a six plus. Yeah. You cannot just go on them. You can't just go without eating on that one. Yeah. And I kind of want to come in with more yeah. glycogen. Yeah. Like, right. It's smart. Yeah. So it, I was reading, I've read, I've read different stuff, but there's all kind of close to amount of carb loading and basically different time periods, but I only have two days and I really didn't load up before. Yeah. And I'm going to try to do 10 to 12 grams of carbs per kilogram of body weight in the next 48 hours. Mm. which means 800 to 1,000 carbs a day. Grams. Eight, well, grams of carbs. Yeah, grams of carbs. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that'll be cool. I'm trying. I'm going to write it all down. I'll at least post a list in the Facebook podcast, um, group. podcast group about what it all, like what I ate. And I'm, mm. I'm weighing, I already weighed my food this morning to get an accurate measure. And oh. I'll post the the review that we saw too. So people How can read that. How many total grams again? Uh, high end a thousand, low thousand. end eight forty. So we're talking about four thousand calories of carbohydrate. Yeah, yeah, that's a I, lot. I just want to quantify it for people. Yeah, yeah. and it makes it perfect. Awesome. Good I should you. too. Um, I need to drink a lot of water. I'm actually going to try to salt load a little bit. Mm -hmm. Is there? Uh, because it's going to be an extra. It's going to be the hottest day of the year. Oh, fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be eighty seven degrees, I think, up there. Or something yeah. Like that. yeah. Okay. And another thing I've thought about. <laughs> <laughs> Chad's enthusiasm is rising. You can hear it. <laughs> um, well, another thing I've thought about is because I've eaten healthier, my sodium intake is way down than before. Mm -hmm. Right? Like uh, Popeye sodium, it's like four thousand, whatever. Like it's like four days of It's a lot. Yeah. I it's think a you'd lot. have enough. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have enough. Um, and I've read some things about sodium loading. Um, Chad, do you have any, I'm asking you to the top of your head. Uh, do you have any details on that? I know Osmo has a product for sodium. Yeah, loading. both Osmo and Scratch do. Yeah. Um, I, I can't think of the names of each, each of them right now, but they're super easy to find and they're just that really high sodium. And, and it's especially pertinent if you've ever measured your sodium loss over the course of a ride, or if you just recognize that you're a sweaty or mm -hmm. a salty sweater, which we need uh, Pete, Nate and I just did a ride 
last weekend. And Pete said when he, when he was riding behind me, he could see the particular shapes of the salt patterns yeah. become more visible over the course of the ride. I know I'm a salty sweater. There's like yeah. a checklist, I think, on the scratch site, like 10 things. And if you check three of them, you're a salty sweater. I check like nine of the 10. So, <laughs> so I know I'm a salty sweater. So preloading for me makes plenty of sense. It doesn't make sense for everybody. Not everybody is a salty sweater. They don't necessarily need to sodium preload. It's yeah. very rare that I have salt stains mm -hmm. uh, when, I, when I, when I ride, but just the same, that doesn't mean that I like don't lose sodium, right? Mm -hmm. That's another thing for no, people. No, 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 you certainly do. And you still mm -hmm. want to replace that sodium loss, but mm -hmm. people lose it at different rates. Yeah. Exactly. I get the lines and I get, um, actually it looks like I have like lice in my eye. Eyebrows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. I get this like extra eyebrow of salt. Rust. Yeah. And yeah. The, the salt on the straps get, I mean, my yeah. straps yeah. turn almost completely white. <laughs> so I'm going to be salting my food. And then I think I will read what Scratch recommends, but I think I'll do the Scratch pre uh, salt loading because I have some in my it's sodium hyper hydrate. One of them yeah, is hyper. I forget. They call it. There's yeah. rescue, which is like if you're sick yeah. or if you get really dehydrated. Yeah. But right. then there's yeah. a hyper one for before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that's. That'll, That'll be, be interesting. interesting, right? Yeah, stay tuned to the Facebook podcast well, uh, group. We'll the have one, everything in there. The other point I'm going to say, if you do this, expect to gain weight because if you're oh, yeah. loading glycogen- Water retention. It's well, yeah, you're, and, and glycogen, yeah. Glycogen needs, what, for every gram of glycogen, I think it's, it's about, two grams of water. It's three grams of water, yeah. Three grams it's of water. Quite a lot. So you think that you're going to eat all this and you're going to gain all this fat when you're gaining weight, but you really, like, if you don't gain weight, you're not doing it right. Right. Yeah, yeah you yeah. And the should expect is, it. Even more, though it's hilly- Or more body water. Even though it's hilly- over that course of that race, I think I'll go much faster being topped off with glycogen and having actually, it's also a great way to fight dehydration because mm -hmm. I'll have more water on me too totally. over the six hours and when it's hot, hotter than we're used to. So, yep. And uh, I think it'll be interesting yeah, to see the different things that you do eat to bring in those grams of carbohydrate because most people just envision pasta. So uh, we'll, we'll show that there's, there's more to life than just pasta when you're carb loading. So I'm already dreading it. <laughs> um, the, then the last thing that we're going to cover before we get into talking about assessments and everything else is on June 16th, that's coming up soon, really soon. Uh, that's Saturday, June 16th, the Carson's, uh, so Epic rides, awesome mountain bike series. They have basically, they, they have races, but it's more like an awesome party with a great race too. And it, this one will be in downtown Carson city, basically our backyard here on trails that we know well, somehow we are going to drag our tired bodies up onto the stage after we race 50 miles and then we are going to uh, have a live podcast at 4 30 p.m we're going to have sofia gomez Villafania. she races for the stands pivot team uh, she's a pro mountain biker and then we're going to have payson mckelvin who races for the orange seal team as well um, he's a red bull athlete and he's the current marathon world champ twice now he defended world his, or national or I should, national champ yeah and uh he defended his national title that he won last year uh, with a sprint against howard Grotz after like three and a half hours of Howard trying to hammer him off because he figured that's how he would beat Payson and he somehow outsprinted him at the end. Mm. So anyways, we're going to be talking to those two athletes. Um, Sophie has a ton of experience in cyclocross and everything else, uh, but she is a killer mountain bike racer. She does really well, well at these longer events. So I feel like talking to, to her and Payson about endurance mountain biking specifically, oh, yes. we're going to get some great insights. I, I need insights for Leadville. Yep. So if you're coming to that race, 4.30 on Saturday, basically right after awards, we're going to be on the main stage. We're going to have that live podcast recording right there. Uh, so you should come and check it out. It's going to be a ton of fun. If you are tuning in from home, we're going to try to find a way to make sure we 
do the video on this. The tricky thing is the audio video isn't necessarily up to us. They, you know, they obviously have a whole stage and bands and all this stuff playing all weekend. So uh, we're gonna have to try to figure out how to get a camera into that situation so we can be live streamed all of you, uh, but we'll do our best to make sure that happens. So stay tuned uh, for that. It's gonna be pretty cool. With that now, Let's talk about assessments. Let's get in the meat. And a lot of people send in questions about adjusting their training plans um, or about a disappointing performance or about uh, a problem when they were testing something else. And all of those things in many cases come back to uh, either a faulty assessment or time that is, or sufficient time has elapsed that perhaps the previous assessment isn't applicable anymore. Plenty of different things. Uh, and we actually, it's kind of funny. We've talked about FTP testing. We've even talked about them internally. And I remember during an actual product meeting, yeah. I think that you asked us like, we, when was the last time no, we so took a test, right? We were in a, <laughs> we were in a meeting. We, we do a content planning meeting here every two mm -hmm. weeks. And we're talking about doing a blog post about how to get more out of your 20 and eight minute tests, like how to execute them. Right. Yeah. And in the test, like uh, we were, everyone was or in the room, we had like pros, a couple pros, you know, mm -hmm. like international three racers, pros. Yeah. three pros, mm -hmm. um, two people, national, regional, level. national level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like super fast. A lot people. of local racing. Um, and we said, how many of you guys do the 28 minute test? How do you guys like to do it? And everyone, how no often? one, how often? Yeah. No one puts their hands up. And it was because it is, it's just so, so like hard. Mm -hmm. Like it, it just like, and it's not that we're hard of or we're afraid of hard work. All of you listening to this can sympathize with us here. When you're talking about like those sustained effort tests, there's there are a lot of things that can go wrong with those sort and of it's tests. It's just a daunting task. It's, it's a just, lot of work. It's hard. To me, it's yeah. brutal. It Even if I did everything right, it's just oh, yeah. brutal. It's hard. Exactly. I, don't, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know anybody who's ever told me they like assessment. or like <laughs> not, not, not in my... 15 years of doing this and dealing with literally hundreds of clients, how many people have told me they right. like assessing? None. And that's not to say that however, all of this it's a necessary is not to evil, say though. exactly right. That yeah. it's not, you it's, not it. it's exactly you right. Have to it's do it. If you don't have you an accurate measure, accurate estimate of your FTP, all your training just simply it's does not, not as mean as much. Yeah. No. So Pete Morris, he was a new, uh, he's the Cliff Bar racer, uh, new product manager. He goes, hey, you know, we've been at Cliff Bar, we've been doing um, a ramp version of it and we find that it gets it like really close to the uh, mm -hmm. 20 minute, eight minute test, but it yeah. doesn't, it doesn't hurt as bad. Like yeah. it's, it's only two minutes of hurt rather than a they whole were using a ramp test that I devised a while back for my own personal use, yep. mm -hmm. which is the closest I could get to actually forcing myself to assess FTP. <laughs> so we, go. we went, we, we were just like, Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we did more research and we all tried it and, um, we have now implemented it and released it mm -hmm. and it's, we are so confident in it and we'll tell you all the reasons why and answer all these questions that it's going to replace in our training plans <clears throat> and be the new suggested yeah. assessment for trainer road suggested. Yep. yep. The eight and 20 is still going to live there, but this is the one that we think is, um, better. Yeah. So yeah it's yeah. better. And we'll we tell you should, why we should talk about the format a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Chad, could you describe? Yeah. So really simply like when you hear ramp tests, it's just a graded exercise test. So if you've ever seen a GXT or if you've ever been to a lab, you've probably done a graded exercise test. And all it is, is after, you know, whatever form of warm up, um, basically the effort required to keep on pedaling increases, uh, at a particular duration. In our case, it's one minute steps. Mm -hmm. So every minute on the minute, the resistance ramps up just a little better. The target power comes up just a little bit. And, and it's, you know, subtle, subtle changes each with each step. And eventually those steps get to a point where they overwhelm your capabilities. You just mm -hmm. run out of gas. You simply, no matter how much, how much you want to, how hard you try, you cannot turn the pedals any longer. 
And it's that simple. So you go to the end. And what this, what that does is this removes pacing from the equation. And I can't tell you how huge <laughs> this is because yeah. you almost like with the eight and 20 minute test or any test where you have to do a, a maximal effort, you have to almost know your FTB before because you oh, kind yeah. of, you guess and you, th- you say, oh, I'm going to hit, you know, I'm going to go for 250 watts mm-hmm. for these 20 minutes. And if, if that was too low, you might be leaving stuff on the table. But if it was too high, you can crash and burn. Mm-hmm. And I've done that. And then you have to do the test over again. And we see that all the time, right? Yeah. And And this brings us to kind of like one of the main reasons why we did this is because a lot of you that are doing the test, you know, you, you set out at, at what you feel like is the proper pace or it's maybe don't know how to process. pace. Yeah. And then as a result, the, you know, the pacing part fails and thusly the test is failed. And yeah. And, and you can get very experienced with assessments and you can get very experienced with steady state efforts yeah, you and can time get trials and all that stuff. You can certainly improve. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that, that doesn't remove you from the possibility of pacing poorly. You could still, you know, you know, based on your workouts, I should be able to do XX watts. So that's what I'm going to shoot for. Well, maybe on that day, that's a little out of your reach. Mm-hmm. So then you've blown your test probably crippled your, well, not crippled, but hobbled your confidence a bit. Totally. In any case, it's not what we consider a su- successful experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what that also does is having, taking pacing out of it is makes the test more precise. Like you can yep. do the test multiple times and you should get very, very close to the exact same number. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been our experience so far. It's- and even what Chad said is if you are slightly fatigued, instead of crashing and burning and not finishing it, mm-hmm. you would just score a little bit lower but you know what I mean? But, mm-hmm. but, but you're fatigued. So it's, mm-hmm. that part is also, I think, superior. And that's why yeah. they like it. And when you're, and when we're talking about these ramp, these steps that you follow, it is pretty simple. I mean, you have a few minutes of very easy warm up, or I should say, I think it's like four minutes of easy warm up, And then you start getting into the steps mm-hmm. and, and you really just have to match the steps and that's it. And they're a minute long. So it's really not that difficult. It's a um, bit more engaging. Of, I got to say, yeah, knowing that the resistance resistance is going to change every minute. Mm-hmm. You, you kind of, it's easier to stay focused for a minute at a time. Yep. Yeah, it really is. And, and this is a test to failure, right? Like the ramp test is about like pushing as far as you can until you stop. So, and until you stop should be until you really cannot go so anymore. Fail, not quit. Yep. There's two other things that we have. So we look at tests and we know the problems with our previous test. And we were trying to think of ways to fix those problems, but now just having a new test. So it fixes them automatically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But one is people would come in with too high of an FTP mm-hmm. so that the warm up was, uh, okay. would them. cook them. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so what we do is if you don't know your FTP and you haven't trained with the power meter, we do some uh, watt per kg analysis, estimation, analysis yeah. Yeah, estimation mm-hmm. based on um, your experience. And then we kind of downgrade it a bit. Mm-hmm. But with the ramp test, because it's stepped, we start you off so low that even if you have it up a little bit higher, mm-hmm. it gives you like this really good margin buffer. of error. Yeah, yeah, buffer of error. Totally. And you honestly, like, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this more later on when we talk about like tips on how to execute properly and everything else, but you don't even feel like it's that strenuous until the very, you know, the final few minutes, really. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's, so it's something that you don't have to worry. We, we designed this with the intent of having a warm up that isn't going to, you know, possibly ruin it. That really the warm up just sets you up for a successful test. Right. I, so I know John doesn't like this wording, but I'm going to say it. <laughs> I think it makes it suck less. <laughs> Testing still is, I mean, you're never going to make it where it's like, it feels like a massage or something, right? Yeah, I mean, but it's, it's still hard. Brutally hard, right? But it's the brutally hard part lasts two minutes, mm-hmm. two and a half. And mm-hmm. I can handle two and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's when I sprint up like a hill with my against my friends that's short mm-hmm. and you go mm-hmm. really deep. That's mm-hmm. that same idea. Yeah. And that's another important thing is for this test to be accurate, you need to go deep. 
Yeah, you need to entirely empty the tank. Like you don't just call upon like, you know, your legs and when your legs top out, that's what it is. You know, mm -hmm. you, at that point when your legs start feeling like it, then you start going to Giving any every other resource. last little bit of what you have <laughs> is fundamental to, yeah. to the accuracy of this estimate. And I feel like there's two different ways that you can, um, you can fail on this test and fail in a good way. Like mm -hmm. you go until you fail, right? Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. I, I complete We're the pushing test. for muscular failure. Yeah, well, there's, for, for me, sometimes my, legs fail. Your legs just can't go anymore. No. Mm -hmm. Other times my lungs fail and I just can't breathe anymore. My legs feel fine. They so feel like physical failure. Yeah. yeah. So either one of those, cause some people say, well, I could still turn the pedals, but right. you're right. Like, yeah. but, but you'll see, I mean, the, the yeah. objective is to maintain target power. So yep. when it steps up, you got to hold target power. And if you can do that at 60 RPM, you're still in there. Mm -hmm. But when, when you're not hitting target power and your, your cadence starts to grind down and this is not mysterious at all. Mm. It hits you like a ton of bricks. You'll know when you're done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You'll be very aware. <laughs> very aware. <laughs> Another problem that we have with the eight and 20 minute test is we would switch people into uh, slope mode when they would hit the testing period, which we should explain what that is really yeah. quick. If you're on a smart trainer and then you're training in smart trainers, most people buy them for something called erg mode, electronic trainers, is yep. the, electronic trainers. Yeah. yeah. Not, not implying that non-electronic or unsmart. Yeah, exactly. I call them dumb trainers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, they just do their thing. I don't like <laughs> Dump the dump. I, they're good I mean, trainers. I like them. Poor just trainers. Dumb. Um, so, you have any uh, Bluetooth? But those. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, most people buy the smart trainer uh, because they want it to control the resistance automatically for them. And that's called erg mode. And if you don't have a smart trainer, then, or I should say, if you have a smart trainer and you go out of that mode, it's usually called slope mode. And that mm -hmm. basically just like assumes that you're riding on a specific <clears throat> slope. So then it feels like, you know, if you were to shift and change gears, it would get mm -hmm. harder as you, you know, get into a bigger gear. Do we call that resistance faster. mode or is that? Well, it depends. See, depends on the brand. Yeah, some, some do. <laughs> Some do resistance mode and we should have probably just not have the two different names, but resistance yes. means that it's a constant, um, like a, a straight resistance curve yeah. and slope mode means that it actually is trying to mimic the physics of having a more gradual curve. Gotcha. Yep. Basically a difference to you is nothing. Yeah, like yeah. you don't nothing know perceptible. if, if I, if I put you on one that has both and yeah. I'm switching between the two, you're not telling any difference. Okay. What you're doing is you're hunting for like a. Yeah. Um, a wattage to go after the, so where this becomes important here is with, uh, testing, like you said, when we had a testing interval that would start with the sustained tests, like the eight minute or eight and 20 minute tests, we would switch that mode because we didn't want to lock you into a power target during the testing interval. That's up to you to decide your pace at that point. And it's critical to getting, you know, effective pacing. So we would change that mode. And especially for people that were new, they might be in their little ring and then they might be like way up in the big cog on the back. And as soon as it would switch, it would feel like they rode off a cliff because it would just be super easy mm -hmm. to pedal or conversely, big ring, small cog, feel like they hit a wall. Yeah. So that caused another issue for a lot of people because then they'd have to shift around and it might kind of throw off their yeah. pacing. It could, it just confused them. It just added a little confusion to the process. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now that's, we'll talk about it in a bit, but you could do an erg or slope with Whatever a dumb, dumb trainer yeah. or a smart trainer. But regardless of the mode <laughs> you choose, you don't switch it. You just stay there. Yep, Whole exactly test. right. We'll call it, it an average change on you. Average trainer. <laughs> average trainer. Yeah, Regular right. trainer. Uh, yeah, and that's Big just, bone trainer. That's the key though. You never have to, it doesn't switch. It's just the same. So it avoids confusion. Another thing is uh, it takes less time. Mm -hmm. That was another great thing we got out of this is that yeah. it takes from 17 to 20 minutes rather than a whole 
hour. Hour. Yeah. And especially when you get new writers in, I remember like if some people, you probably tried to get a significant other or a friend into it or like a parent. <laughs> Just do an FTP test yeah. with me. <laughs> and they're like, here's an FTP test. It's only going to take an hour. Or, <laughs> and they look at you like, are you kidding are you, me? Exactly. I'm going to ride a bike for an hour. Yeah. But uh, also it, it um, it's a little less stressful on your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. So it makes it easier to slot into training. Yeah. And uh, you can, you can, if you're more experienced, we'll get into this. You can actually do another workout after a little bit of rest in between the two. You can do another workout after this test too, yeah. which is also cool. So if you want to, so when I say less stressful, you're like, oh my, but my TSS will be lower. Yeah. Um, you can just tack on something easy. Yeah. You yeah. can yeah. give yourself 10 minutes. Easy 30, 40 minutes, yep. 45. And get right up to the same TSS. 60 you if before. you're up for it. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it should empty the tank, but it's not the type of thing that does enough damage to take you out for the day. So should we talk about how we get there? Assessment. Now? Yeah, let's do that because that and that that's really we we've had this testing through the Facebook um, beta group that you can join on there, and that's where um, you can get access to to features in beta beforehand and, and everything else and test them out. Uh, but we had over seven thousand tests. Yeah, a lot of tests, and with that data, we were able to kind of adjust things and see. Yeah, so not only not only do we did we have seven thousand different tests and actually it's grown to be more than that but by now but the when we did analysis on it i think we were somewhere around seven thousand. Mm-hmm. we didn't just look at the the tests themselves we also looked at the next couple of workouts the so subsequent workouts because we didn't want to just just guess and, and, and say it, it looks pretty good it looks this is a, a reasonable estimate we wanted to see it were the hard workouts that followed this performable or doable yeah yeah because we'd see a lot of folks uh, go into situations where they would say oh the workouts just feel way too easy after they did a sustained test and mm-hmm. it was because they didn't pace properly or something and thusly you know it was too low or even conversely in some cases you'd see people sprint maybe and they'd say it was too hard yeah, or so. they yeah, it just estimated their ftp and the workouts are simply mm-hmm. too hard mm-hmm. so this is a key like takeaway from this is so what we what we landed on is the last minute power you have the highest minute power actually so we look at it, and even if you drop off for five seconds and let it run a little bit longer, it doesn't matter. Your highest one at power, we take 75% of that to get your FTP. Mm-hmm. Now, if you kick it up a little bit, like you you go higher than your target power, we have some math to like downgrade a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's complicated math. Don't worry about it. It just don't kick it up at the end, and you'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, which you're going to have a hard time doing anyway. If you, if you <laughs> hang in there yeah. and, and yeah. deal with the minute-by-minute minute increases and keep a steady mm-hmm. you know, steady effort and just match the target power, when you fail, you, mustering a short sprint won't be possible. Yeah, and something that's really important, yeah, that, that's the key, is that you know you shouldn't be shooting for a specific number beforehand. You shouldn't be shooting for a specific duration. So no, and, you, know, and, you get to 17 minutes and you've accomplished your goal that you set in your mind, and then you yeah. sprint. You know, No, it shouldn't be that way. And we're not way. targeting maximal one minute power. Not, we're not asking you to go out there and go as hard as you can for a single minute. We're stepping you up over time so that we gradually fatigue you. Mm-hmm. And, and the, your aerobic contribution is what dictates the, the, the outcome, the test outcome more so than any anaerobic contribution. But the key thing of this is that we looked at results because mm-hmm. um, there are some, and this is probably a good time to talk about this, Chad, is there, there are other similar graded tests all sorts that aren't the same though, right? <clears throat> yeah. So if you go to a lab test and they put the um, the, ga- the the mask on your mouth and they're ma- actually measuring expired inspired gases, um, it's a VO two max test and it's a graded exercise test too. And there's also MAP tests and PPO tests and and these are all very similar to this, but that's not what we're testing. We're simply using this stepped protocol to estimate your FTP. That's mm-hmm. it. 
Yep. And, and something interesting that I want to bring up is the fact that, you know, we started around 78%, I think. And then in this process of reviewing the data and seeing where people's workouts, subsequent workouts went up mm-hmm. or were, were lining up, we noticed that, you know, as we <clears throat> dropped that down to 75%, basically mm-hmm. of that one minute, max one minute during this ramp, we found that the workouts became more effective for people thereafter. Like it was and, a better and range. And we have the benefit of keeping a consistent protocol across, across literally thousands of tests, mm-hmm. whereas everybody else, they, they have their own protocol. Calls. So maybe they use two minute steps. Maybe they start you at 100 watts or 200 watts. Maybe they step up 5% or 7%. Either way, all their protocols influence the outcome. And those are only comparable from that same protocol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're not using the same protocol, it's really hard to compare map test to map test, VO2 test to VO2, PPO to PPO. Two, because I know people have emailed in about this. Some of them too, when they start at a absolute wattage, mm-hmm. they say all men are going to start at 200 watts. Mm-hmm. That can greatly affect the outcome Hugely. if your FTP is 200 watts, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Uh, or if it's 250. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, such a high percentage. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to just harp on this. The key is that we looked at the hard workout. So could they do threshold? Could they do VO2 max after they did this test? Mm-hmm. Rather than um, some, like some other people might have done uh, you know, this lab said that they did this kind of graded test right. different step, or something, yeah. and it was 78% or yeah. this person <laughs> says the range is this, this, what we feel based on the data. And I, I don't, I don't know this for sure, but I feel like we have more data on this than anyone in the world. Like mm-hmm. there's no scientist who's run 7,000 yeah. tests. And, and right. if you're out there, get in touch with yeah. us, love, I wouldn't be, pick your brain. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if we're over 20,000 now, now right. that we've released it. I have, I haven't looked at it lately, lately, but yeah. Um, the idea is that it's, it's really important to be able to f- complete your workouts afterwards. And we went top down, right? Mm-hmm. So we could tell when it when people could start doing their workouts. Yeah, we started at what, 78%? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Which was made you feel- Sounds like a subtle difference, but ooh, it, was, big it, it was very tangible, big very- But 78 makes you feel like you are, it's ego, right? Yeah. And that's probably another thing we should talk about is Yeah, you get this ego. glossy high FTP yeah. and you cling to it because that's a number, I mean, it's just more flattering. Right, it looks better to have a 320 watt threshold instead of a 300, a 250 yeah. instead of a 220. Or yeah, as assessment in general. Th- talking about this, it's it's really a lot of people go into assessments with a lot of stress because they feel that they're going to get a number that will then depict, really kind of say who they are as a cyclist, right? And let that number govern their thoughts or consideration of who they are. And it's tricky, and, and I totally get that. And no matter what you do, there will be obviously a huge temptation to, to do that. Well, who doesn't want a higher FTP? Exactly, that's yeah. what we're all going for, right? So I admit, I have had my FTP too high. So have I. Um, you ever had a too high, Johnny? Oh yeah, yeah, so totally. Due to estimation, in my case, I mean, I, I've never tested too high. It's always been, I don't want to test, but I think I'm right about 320 right, <laughs> right now, exactly. when in reality, I'm more like 300 or something, and that's a big gap. Yeah. Based on our data, so our 20 minute test is uh, modeled, modeled after Hunter Allen's one, and our two by eight is modeled after Chris Carmichael's one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they wrote theirs a long time ago, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they don't think they had as much data as we do. But based off of those results, I think there are some people that will test where the numbers, the reductions don't make it for them. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, and then they do the ramp test and it actually puts their FTP lower. Yeah. So that's a key point is so that you- In your mind, hold on really quick. Yeah. In your mind, if a test puts your number lower, you it's think wrong. it's broken. It's, it's wrong. Broken. Test, if, yeah. the no, if the test puts your number higher, you're like, I love this format, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. This is the best. Until, until you start training. Exactly. Yeah. And so then you're disappointed. Right? This is the key. Like, this is what I see time and time again is somebody, if they do have their outlier and it, they get 
too um, high of an FTP with those other tests that they they can do their sweet spot work because it's almost threshold work. Mm -hmm. Threshold work they can do if it's as long as it's less than 10 minute intervals. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as it gets into VO2 max area, they they say, uh, you know what, I can't I can't do this. Maybe it's just because I'm not a VO2 max rider, and that's why I can't do it. When really, if they if their their FTP is just too high because their threshold workout Very common is low VO2 max workout, yeah, and, and they're killing it. And you're talking about the higher end of things, even at the lower end of things. When you're trying to do sweet spot works workouts, and you have four by fifteen ahead of you, and you're working really closer to threshold, and you have to bang out four 15 minute efforts, and then you have <laughs> another hard. one or two or three of those workouts in a week. The, the the wagon the, the wheels will come off the wagon at yeah. some point. It's not effective training. This is that that's the goal right there, right? Effective training, and I think that a lot of people forget that the point with your FTP it's used as a training benchmark to be able to to structure your training. Mm -hmm. And the goal with this is is not for you to get a glamorous appealing number that says that that feeds your ego. The glamour is to get the best training metric for you, yeah. the best benchmark. It's, it's not your self worth. Whatever yields the best performance. Don't mm -hmm. get so hung up on a number that mm -hmm. you that you sabotage your training and your performance suffers as a consequence. Yeah. And uh, one of, when I had my big increase last fall, what I really did is I, I self-estimated because <laughs> I was too scared to take the test. But yeah. I um, I put the FTP down like I think 25, 30 watts. Yeah. And I just went through the progressions again. Mm -hmm. And that's it. It's it's weird when it's in the right spot and sweet spot doesn't just kill you. Yeah. It's so much better. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's you, you get a better return. So I just want to make sure. Imagine just, that. <laughs> just because <Right? laughs> just because you have a lower result yeah. doesn't mean that the test is, yeah. is wrong. You're probably getting more optimal training. Mm -hmm. Um, do you want to move into some of the other questions that, that I guess that will, and we there's one more thing I want to say Cool. Okay. is that this, I just said, you know, what I said before, but this is not going to fit a hundred percent of all humans. Yeah. There will be outliers. And if you, I think we talked about this, a good way to say you're an outlier or to figure out if you are, is let's say you think this test brings you too low in the, in, in the 20 minute, eight minute test puts you 20 Watts higher, which mm -hmm. I think isn't doesn't really happen ever. Mm -hmm. But if it does, do two by 20 mm -hmm. workout. Threshold. If, threshold. You can do two by 20. <clears throat> it should be hard, but doable. Mm -hmm. If you can do that mm -hmm. at the higher FTP, then, sure. then, then you, you're an outlier. You have, and, and if you have a reasonably you close to. estimate of your FTP, then doing two 20-minute efforts with a you know eight or 10-minute break in between them should be doable for anybody, mm -hmm. just about anybody. I mean- Very hard, but doable. Yeah. Maybe off the couch would be the exception. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so yeah. That's a good way to like- Validated. If you think that it is, you're. It's just way too low in this other higher yeah. number. Do a two by twenty. It goes reasonably well. You know. Okay, I'm going to stick with that higher number. The amount of people though, because I we every time that people reported that it was quote unquote wrong, mm -hmm. I'd go look at their <laughs> workouts, and they would be taking breaks at like eighty five percent of yeah. threshold. Right. Yeah. They'd be doing a fifteen minute interval, and they'd have two breaks inside that. That right. That, 80%. Or you so. see them start high and then trim it down a little bit, then trim it yeah. down a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Every, I'm, you know what, yeah. though? Pros are the biggest. Biggest offenders. Biggest offenders. They put a huge number in, then every single workout is reduced by 10%. Because if their ego takes a hit, then it's really hard, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Okay. Getting um, ready for questions? So, yeah, we have, a, and, and this is, we have a bunch of questions that constantly come in that uh, are either directly 
targeted toward uh, assessments or a, I guess a less apparently related. So we're gonna talk about these specifically within the context of the ramp test. Uh, but once again, this is something that applies to assessment. These are principles really that apply to assessment. Um, I guess the first thing though that, that we would get is why we don't do you know a, a panel test basically of five second, one minute, five minute and 20 minute power mm -hmm. instead of us just using this ramp test to get FTP. Well, there's the one part, there's two sides of this one. It's all the other stuff is like, you kind of have to know what you're going to put out before you do it in order Meaning to pace like, correctly. Yeah. Yeah. You have to know it. Cause if you take that panel at the wrong FTP, yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, it's also very stressful and takes a time and a lot of it's disruptive in your training. Mm -hmm. But the more important part is, is that those kind of panels tell you where you, they tell you what you've done, not where you're going. And mm -hmm. so for instance, if you're a triathlete and you take one of those types of panels, you will say, the outcome will say, you are not good. At one in five efforts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly, right? Yeah. Or five second stuff. Yeah. yeah. Like you're you're not just good at it. And then um, you know, some some other platform might say, now you're that means you are this type of racer. Mm -hmm. And let's say you want to be a crit racer. Mm-hmm. Right. And you start doing workouts and all they do is set you at power levels based on what you have done previously, previously, which is bad. Yeah. You do that same kind of, it's kind of like someone has always done legs for weightlifting and then uh, oh, I want to get a big chest. We do one bench press chest and we say, well, <laughs> I'm going to set you at 120 pounds for 10 reps for the next six weeks. Then we'll retest Yeah. yeah. where our approach is this FTP really gets you into a spot for training. Then you decide of like which path you want to take how or what type how we progress things. Yeah. How we want it to be a writer. Yeah. And then we progress you through the, the, the energy levels. So when you start doing VO two max, it's a lot less, right? Chad, mm -hmm. 30 seconds on 30 seconds off. Yeah. That's how, that's how I do it. Quite doable. And then it gets more, they get longer and longer at higher percentages. And at the end, or just longer, yeah, whatever yeah. they, they progress in some manner. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They could either get more percentage up to Depend, a point. Depends what we're after. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's very, there's a lot more nuance to it than just, mm -hmm. this is what I do. So I'm going to do this same amount for a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, it's, I feel like it's almost, this is a conscious choice because we could totally do it. Mm -hmm. It's almost damaging to someone to say, you are bad at mm -hmm. crit riding when maybe your, your underlying physiological Physical. makeup, you'd be the best crit rider there. Yeah. Yeah. My data said that I was terrible at sustained long efforts, right? Because mm -hmm. I hadn't done them. Exactly, I'm right? Not, I'm, not, I'm actually not you, that bad. So, yeah, exactly, because yeah. you hadn't trained it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah. it's all about progressive training, right? Exactly. Like it's all about putting your, the, it's getting an FTP is putting you in the right spot to then train and express the type of writing you want to do. Yeah. Those panels just kind of open up the possibility for misinterpretation. Totally. You can see some of those things as telling you what type of writer you are or cannot be. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's a bit dangerous if you take it too seriously. Yeah. I like the other end of it as you just look at PRs. So based on data races. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you can kind of get recent race data. Yep. And you can get what you can do with seasons on Trainer Road. Now they're performance <laughs> analytics. Um, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but you can get your curve right there, yeah. Yeah. right? Without having to disrupt your training. Cause, and I, I honestly think you get a higher five second, one minute, five minute in a race Almost than always. if I were to tell, put you on a trainer and say, yeah, well, short efforts, all out five minutes. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to have that, like, where am I right now? Yeah. You get it from race files. Yeah. Recent race yep. files. Yep. Uh, this is a really common one uh, that people ask, especially us. It's pertinent to us right now. Should you do the test in arrow position? 
Uh, and that's something that, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it within the context of the RAM test in, in this case. Yeah, we went, we went back and forth on this simply because we wanted to keep things simple and say, no, just do it however you got the most power. But we actually landed on, you know, make it, why, why not incorporate a high level of specificity even early in the whole training mm-hmm. plan or progression? Mm-hmm. So, and, and there's also, you got to consider just the way the body recruits muscles. I mean, different positions recruit muscles in different ways, strain muscles that may not be involved in other positions, seated upright versus an arrow position. I mean, there are things that change. So if, if you know that's how you're going to apply power, why not train in that position? If that's how you're going to train, why not test in that position? Yep. It's it's interesting in as you know, for you, Chad, mm-hmm. your TT power and your road bike power are darn near the same. In my case. Yep. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, for Nate and I, there's a big disparity between the two of them. So it's, and that's really common we hear for a lot of folks. And it may not be just a TT bike. And this may not be aero position. I should rephrase this and say, in whatever position that you plan on racing in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's something that... Yeah, yeah. Test how you're actually going to be training and racing. And if if we are, we I think we've landed on if you're within five percent, don't worry <laughs> about it. So say your yeah. mountain bike, you put out a little more power than your road bike, but it's a five watt difference, and you take the ramp test on both. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, and two, if you are doing this, you can change the FTP if you're switching between bikes, mm-hmm. and also if you have different outside rides, if you go into that ride, you can change the FTP for that ride. Mm-hmm. So if you want to have the two to take the stress differently for two bikes, it's available. Uh, the next one, a really common question, and we talked about this a bit earlier, but should you do the test in erg mode? And something I want to share on this that's kind of interesting, I've done the test in erg mode, and then I've also done the test on the rollers, which don't have erg mode, right? Uh, and I've done the test on a trainer with just standard mode, and I got darn near the same results across the board. The only differences that were there were because of fatigue or anything else that had crept in, and it was minor. We're talking so, two watts. Two so watts. So two watts between them. Yeah. All. So, so if you have the luxury of an electronic trainer, it's you. You have all those options. It's sure. up to you. They're all probably going to work just as effectively. Mm-hmm. We're of the opinion that Erg is the best way to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just it's nice to be able to make sure that you stay on those targets. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, it's not going to give any. It, you don't have an advantage over somebody without that. They can they can adhere to the targets with just as much precision. I still like resistance mode. Yeah. yeah. Even so on this. Yeah. 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 I like it too. So Something does in my brain. I just love like staring at it and having like little small adjustments to like get the power right on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, sure, go ahead, but it's not necessary. So um, the next one, uh, this is really dealing with the 5% or greater, I guess, that you just talked about, but Mm -hmm. training on two different bikes, um, should you take a ramp test or should you take this assessment, should you do it on two different bikes? Um, If you do have that disparity that's bigger than that, yes, I think it's a good idea. But other than that, it's not going to be a big deal. There's So my road bike right now is 330 and my TT bike is 309. If I were to do my my road bike FTP on my TT bike, I could not finish a single workout. Mm-hmm. Like it would, I mean, I could do, just like I said before, I could do the aerobic stuff yeah. mm-hmm. and maybe a couple short sweet spot intervals, but not anything big. So yeah. it's just, you can't do it. Yep. Uh, the next one is, can I increase the warm up? It's a common question. I have another anecdote for this one. Yeah. I was like, I was very bullish on this in the beginning. I said, <laughs> I need a longer warm up, right? Slightly bullish. Uh, I would say very, um, but in, I did test with a warm up. I did test without a warm up in this case. And the data is once again, within like two Watts. So, uh, it, 
you don't need to do, you don't need to extend the warm up. And there's there's a really huge value here in a cons- in consistency, and we design the warm up intentionally, right? Mm-hmm. It's not just yeah. circumstantial. Even though it looks like it's stepping early, it's still at such a low wattage. It is, warm up. but you're going to get 10, 12, 15 minutes of what mm-hmm. we would probably consider warm up uh, with with other formats. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. and um, so we're just going to say this one thing is if some people, I you're you're just shaking your head at us. Yeah. If you do want a greater warm up, just make sure it's consistent between tests. Yes, do it every time. Yeah. Yep, yeah, and and psychologically, I realized that for me, I thought I physically needed one, but then after the data didn't prove that, I was like, it must just be psychological. So I need to pony up and just get this thing done properly. So. Uh, let's see another one. Uh, I went into the test fatigued and got a low score. I thought the new test is less dependent on fatigue. Yeah, that was my mistake early on. Um, I got it in my head that it didn't matter how tired you were going into this Mm. since disproven that a number or, uh, in a number of ways. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So it does, it's like anything else. If it's a hard workout, you don't want to go into it dog tired. You know, you're not going to hit your, your best numbers and and the productivity of that productivity of that workout was, was probably going to, going to suffer a bit. So just treat it like a hard workout. If you're feeling awful, it's probably not a great day to assess, probably not a great day to do a hard workout. So so bump it a day. Uh, but you have to be reasonably rested and motivated. So how would you expect, or how would you uh, direct somebody to, to prep or, you know, you're, you're not doing like a full on taper for something like this, but no, no. how would you direct them to prepare themselves for this? Like how should they be looking to feel, I guess, going into something like this? Just, just like I said, I mean, if you, if you're looking at a hard workout and just the side of it, it makes you feel tired. I mean, mm-hmm. the more you train, the more you start to recognize I've got it today or I don't have it today. And there are those days where you don't quite feel up to it, but you get on the bike, you start going, you're like, ah, I'm feeling better. I'm going to mm-hmm. give this time, see how the first couple intervals go sort of thing. Mm-hmm. You can do the same thing with a ramp test. You, you don't feel great, but you feel like I probably can do this you start up that ramp, you get halfway into it and you'll know at some point, this was a fair measure of what I, I am capable of, or now I'm simply too tired to push myself that hard today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind of feel it too. Oh yeah. Um, I like having a, a one or two days of rest two days. If I like had a really big week, mm-hmm. Yeah. if it's like a kind of a normal week, kind of the one day where again, like Chad said, the the Tuesday workout, which is really usually a harder workout than plan, uh-huh. that one looks like yeah. I could complete it. And you know, something we haven't talked about is with, with other protocols, if you have that uh, couple of days off prior, or maybe like a 30, 36 hour stretch, you can come into an assessment feeling a bit flat. Mm-hmm. I've come into these ramp tests feeling a bit flat and still eked out some pretty good numbers. So yeah. I'm not sure if uh, having those couple of days of rest and, and that flatness will affect these as much as other protocols. Because it's a ramp. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, another one that we talked about rides that you could do after you do the ramp test, and then you could you know supplement and add in another ride to do mm-hmm. that. Uh, do we want to give any guidelines or, or more yeah. specific? Chad, you yeah, basically, we're just looking. In most cases, people are going to see the ramp test and say, "Well, my the the old protocol was eighty TSS day, and I'm only getting twenty twenty five TSS out of this. What do I do to make up the rest of it?" If you're hung up on you know mm-hmm. balancing out the TSS, feel free to. But you don't have to work hard. In fact, you're probably not going to be able to because this takes <laughs> yeah. a bit out of you. So aerobic work in the 60 to 70% ballpark is, is our recommendation. Whether you do it for 30 minutes, 45, go for a full hour, mm-hmm. however much TSS you want to accumulate, or just based on the, the level of fatigue or the time you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some workouts. We recommend some 30 and or just 45 and 60 minute workouts. Yeah, yeah. You can tack on a 32 if you feel like you want to do something Absolutely. easier. Yeah, whatever. Homer's nose, bald knob. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So th- those are the 60-minute ones, and then 45-minute Carter, Birch, West Vedette. Check mm-hmm. those out. But And it doesn't have to be those workouts, just something in line with that. Don't go gut yourself like Nate did. Although, okay. he made Funny work. story. <laughs> when we first did it, I think I was one of the first people to take the ramp test here, and that was at the 78%. Yeah. 
it gave me an FTP of 360. Yeah. And then and then I waited 10 minutes and then I did antelope plus five, which is 10, <laughs> 10, no, six, 10, 10 minute, minute no, seven, 10 minute intervals at uh, Sweet Spot at a 360 FTP when the 75 would give me like a, a 340 or 345. Yeah. yeah. So and you, I finished it, you but it was hard. You had a breakthrough <laughs> workout. Yeah. And, and we could probably look at what workouts took place after that and, and how it impacted them. <laughs> yeah. It might nope. not have been a bad. Well, you once, it just got, been... once I downgraded to 345, because mm-hmm. I think at that time we went down to like, everyone kind of shook their head, Nate, your FTP is not 360. Yeah. <laughs> 78 is way too high. Yeah. Um, we went down and down. And once I downgraded it, I could do the workouts afterwards. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's just it. There's you can. I, I had a breakthrough like three months. I want to add in. Still trying to get back to it. Yeah, and and a breakthrough workout there too. Yeah. So yeah. And I want to add in something to this too. If you feel like you're completely worked after this test and like you can't do another workout, you shouldn't feel bad about not yeah. doing another workout. No, call it a day. It's it, especially if you're on a, a lower mid volume plan and you can tack on something the next day if you want yeah, to. Yeah. For me, like psychologically, when I take this ramp test, there's there's um, there's something that compared to like a sustained test for me, psychologically, like this one, like I have to dig deeper into the reserves, right? To mm-hmm. like be pushing that yeah, hard. We don't want to give anybody the impression this is an easier format. No, it's, it's hard. different. It's still very yeah. difficult. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's, and I go like that, that psychological toll on me, like it's pretty, it's pretty rough. Like I go into unpleasant places with my mind in that spot, you know? So like when I'm, when I'm dealing with that, it's if I don't feel like doing another workout, I'm not going to force myself into that. You yeah. know? So don't feel bad if you don't yeah, feel it's like definitely it. enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, I also a little side note, but uh, Pete and Brandon are two product managers. They've experimented with this as being a race day or a pre-race day opener mm-hmm. where they get to, they get through. And once it says it starts feeling hard, they go for one more minute. Mm-hmm. I believe if, if, if I'm wrong, I'll correct the next podcast. And then they stop mm-hmm. and that's it. And yeah. I, I'm thinking like two and before I did like my big antelope ride and I had enough rest period, mm-hmm. maybe it was a, a just a, open, a good open work. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, team sky does something similar I mm-hmm. mean, for TTs. Team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So yep. it's, it's just a, a ramped warm up. Yep, absolutely. Another really common question that we get with assessments is how often somebody should assess. Um, and in this case with the ramp test, it doesn't change, right? No, same deal. Four to six weeks. I mean, it takes it takes fitness a while to set in. So if you're testing every week and updating accordingly, it's uh, it's it's overkill. <laughs> quite, quite frankly, to it, you know, <laughs> <laughs> every workout is yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I can see what the argument behind it is. I want my TSS to be as accurate as possible, but fitness just doesn't change that quickly, especially when we're talking the lower end of things. I find that it kind of like you know yeah. surges up a bit. It's like leaps that, and yeah. bounds on those yeah. recovery weeks, mm-hmm. right? Yep, exactly. Um, Oh, this is a really good one. A lot of people think that because they're a steady state athlete, they should only do long steady state ones like the 20 minute one, or even some people say the 20 minute. No, like I need to take an hour. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you see people thinking that, or on the other side, I'm a cyclocross racer or a crit racer or a mountain bike racer. So I should only do short, you know, ones. So basically the question is, should the duration of the of the power efforts that I or the efforts that I do in my race depict which test I should take? Yeah, it's, it's like, like they're trying to tailor their assessment based on the type of rider they are, and it's really not necessary. It's a, you go into a lab and do a VO two max test; they don't change it if you're a mountain biker versus a century rider <laughs> Give me the mountain versus bike a <laughs> pursuiter. Yeah. yeah, so it, it's it's we're we're trying to measure a physiological occurrence that happens regardless of what type of rider you are. Mm-hmm. We want an estimate of your FTP so we can anchor your training. Yeah, and it's. This is something that, uh, you know, as a person that maybe you just do really steady state stuff 
and you hardly even tip up above threshold, right? Like maybe you're that type of rider. This is going to tip you. This is going to put you past threshold, but that does not mean that you're going to get a bad assessment. You're going to get a good assessment. It doesn't matter. The, you, this is a very aerobically driven affair. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, there's going to be some anaerobic contribution when you're riding above what your functional threshold power is, but that doesn't change the nature of, of this and, and how it tells us where our peak aerobic capacity is mm -hmm. or near. Yeah. Um, something that we mentioned in a question that I'm sure will come up is if we still have the old tests. And like we mentioned earlier, yes, we'll still have them. You can just search through there. So this will be another question. What if I'm on a training plan and I want to do the 20 minute test instead of the ramp test? Can I? Mm, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yep. yep. Um, and then I guess, uh, going into that, we talked about uh, what happens if you score differently. Mm -hmm. And so we can kind of talk about, I guess that approach. Um, if you score higher on the eight or 20 minute tests, we talked about that. And then we talked about how to verify that with like going through and doing that two, two by, by 20. 20. Yeah. Um, but if you have like a big difference in FTP, I guess we can really go through a few things to kind of like, uh, like some, some fact or some, some troubleshooting for you to kind of ask yourself some questions, some reflection questions. And if you get a really big difference or a number that you did not expect, um, like you, let's say it's lower on the ramp test. So there's been a few people during the beta test, um, who would say like it was 60 Watts lower, mm -hmm. which that, if you think about the math That's for that lot. to happen, like you have to, like I look at some of this, the power they did for one minute in the ramp test, they did it for eight minutes in, a in, the, eight, workout. in the eight minute test. Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that does not make sense. Yeah. You didn't empty the tank. <clears throat> yeah. For them to be that far different, there's something like crazy. And, and one of them is you didn't go deep enough. Totally. Another person, <clears throat> they had a very low test. I looked at their performance analytics chart and their one minute power was 100 Watts lower than a recent, <laughs> recent, another one minute power. Yeah, yeah. And then I asked them and they said, oh, you're right. I didn't really go that hard. Right. Another thing too, is like how recent were those, the, the two data points collected, how recently, like, so if yep. you have, if you're going off an FTP test from like three months ago or, or even more something like that, you know, uh, you, you don't want to use that data point as a straight across comparison, or you could even say that for the equipment, we talked about the difference between one bike to the other. If you've changed equipment or changed power meters or anything else like that, yep. you want to have a test that's done with the same exact circumstances. Yep. We've seen people where they do, uh, they did the test at two different power actually trainers in two different locations and um it was a big difference mm -hmm. and it was the one of the trainers actually a week later got sent in for service it's because it was yeah it was wrong yeah. it was it was just not all trainers are created equal whatever, yeah. exactly they can drift out of and same with power meters they can drift out of calibration too so uh just because you've done you know your friend has a kicker and then you have a kicker it doesn't mean that you can compare the two across the board mm -hmm. sort of a thing you know another one is uh excessive fatigue yeah so if you're just like super tired mm -hmm. uh and you take it and you don't score as high as when you were super fresh and you take it yeah. mm -hmm. like think about what i just said it makes perfect sense <laughs> yeah. right yeah right but we you don't have your best race performances when you're as tired as you're going to get mm -hmm. so you're not going to have your best assessment I guess performances another, either. Another thing that could technically affect it, but it would have to be a pretty major one, I guess would be a dropout in power data that they would have. Yeah, so if you have a dropout like um and we're we're trying we're doing things, we're always doing things to help prevent dropouts. The biggest thing you can do personally is connect via Bluetooth mm -hmm. because Bluetooth has this thing called frequency hopping and it makes you have less dropouts. But if you have a dropout on the last five minutes of your test, um, it will affect your numbers. And oh, yeah. uh, so if, for instance, I saw someone who had a one minute power dropout, which I don't even know. That's I don't know what was happening. <laughs> yeah. Microwave was like, uh, it's, if you have an unshielded microwave yeah. and you run it, 
We used to have it at um, one of the, we worked at this smaller office. No, it was a, it was a shared co-working space and we were doing, you know, we'd have all these devices on our desk and doing it and it was a giant room. Yeah. And in the kitchen, whenever someone would run the microwave and just blow it all out, all of the devices would go out and tell the microwave had stopped. Mm. Yeah. And that made me think they need to buy a new microwave. Yeah, somebody, somebody hit popcorn in the middle of their amp test, right? Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> so I mean, going, it could be someone else in the house. Totally. Right, or doing in, it. Yeah, apartments. So, yeah. But it was just saying, though, because we take um, we take a look at your one-minute power, and for the downgrade, we uh, if you kick it up, we look at your five-minute power, too, mm-hmm. inside of that. Uh, if you do have a big dropout, it's going to affect those numbers. So mm-hmm. uh, contact support and we can help you or support.trainer.com. There's a whole list of things to prevent dropouts. If you're getting them all the time, um, there's definitely something wrong. and It should be fixed. Mm-hmm. I personally like it. If you get your system set up correctly, maybe a dropout every yeah. oh, few it's months very for like 10 in, seconds. In the case they get a dropout too, as long as they get the last couple of minutes, we can probably make that work, right? If yep. they contact support. That's a good point. Yes. Yeah. If you if you had a dropout in your first five minutes, but you were kept pedaling. Last five minutes. Last five minutes, sorry. And you kept pedaling. And then uh, it wasn't during the last minute. Mm-hmm. You could just take your one minute power mm-hmm. and multiply it by 75%. And that would be your result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that would take it the downgrade out of it. We, depending on how much, we'll look at the test results mm-hmm. and how much this actually happens. I, I feel like it's a- It's very rare. Yeah, it's like a less than 0.01% time it happens, mm-hmm. but it's still enough to mention it. Mm-hmm. Um, is you could just use that number, do point yeah. seven five. And, and, and the reason we have that other math in there to tone things down a bit, if you have really um, erratic, I guess, power output, mm-hmm. is we don't want somebody going, maybe they've got five minutes left in them. The last two or three minutes, they, they hang in there and then they just gas it for a minute. So they go from 250 watts up to 300 watts for that last minute, chasing a really big one minute power in order to, yep. maybe not intentionally, but they artificially inflate their FTP estimate. Mm-hmm. So we don't want that to happen. We don't want people tempted into that to think that they can cheat the system. Not that yeah. that's to anybody's benefit, but you know, follow the progression, match the target power, everything will take care of itself. Just to finish what I was saying too, it's yeah, we might auto detect it and then try to fix it on the fly. The drop it out. happens a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, the the number and what you just said, Chad, too. It can even happen if you're on a dumb trainer or resistance mode. It cannot be malicious. Sure. You could just at you're the last in. one, you could just be ten or fifteen watts above because mm-hmm. you're just really into it totally. and you're not trying to do it. Mm-hmm. But that is enough to be able to kind of artificially inflate your FTP a little bit too high, and that's why we mm-hmm. will downgrade it. Yeah. If you do kick it up as much as like Chad just said, it's gonna be an invalid test. And if you contact support, we'll look at it and say, you can't should have followed that. that. Yeah, you yeah. can't do that. But yeah, we're again, trying to gradually overwhelm your systems. I've Gradual. Never, I've never been able to kick anything up at the end of those tests. <laughs> if um, you do it right, you won't be able to. Yep. Uh, so, and uh, another question that we would get on this is cadence. And people ask, you know, well, what cadence, if my cadence varies, does that make the test in, invalid? And no. it's it's common to see your cadence get drugged down if you're on like a smart trainer, even a not smart trainer. It's common to see your cadence get drugged down toward the end. That's normal. You know, you're, you're fatiguing. That's, that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Um, can I describe the like what we actually built now? Sure. Yeah. So the ramp test, it's a it's different. It's a different workout on Trainer Road. Mm-hmm. You start the ramp test, and it will go on forever mm-hmm. until you uh, you you click the end test button. Yes. So what it, usually our workouts are time based, and then once the time is over, it's done. But this will, as you go each minute, mm-hmm. it will kick up another minute. And always be ahead of you, so you mm-hmm. can never technically finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, once you are completed the test, and there's a whole bunch of instructions, there's workout text. We have a video actually that's going to be 
embedded into the um, the workout description mm-hmm. is you click the end test button, then you immediately get an FTP, and then it switches to a cooldown, yep. which is very nice. So another thing that we didn't mention that can be confusing to people mm-hmm. is that you get higher FTP for every second that you last. Your FTP mm-hmm. estimate is affected for yep. every single second that you can that you mm-hmm. manage to hang in there. That's yep. why it's so, so important you don't to have to. Deep. So they're one minute steps, but don't think that I'm at. I, I I can barely hang on at the end of this one minute, and I've got to go a whole other minute. Nope. You don't. Yep. You just keep on going until you can't. If Sacrifice. you can make it 13 seconds into it, 35 seconds into it, we'll, we'll, all we need is one minute of highest end power. The mm-hmm. mental game that I play is I always say, I can. you can last 30 seconds. You can do 30 seconds more for anything. If you were in a crit, you could have last 30 more yeah. seconds. And you have that that discussion with yourself every 15 seconds. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you keep doing time. it. That's how it goes. You yeah. Just re, re, reignite that bargain, just right? Until dangling, you dangling that carrot right in front yeah. of you. Until you can't con- convince yourself. And it can be demoralizing. You barely make it through, and then it steps up. And then you're like, this is just too hard. But just try to last 10 seconds. I've got the next 10 more step. seconds in me. i got 10 yeah. more seconds, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a good mental, like for racing, right? You'll be amazed at how deep you can go. Yep. That's for sure. Um, so if you're joining us on the live stream right now, go ahead and uh, be, if you haven't already, start putting in the questions. We're going to go through at this point and start answering those questions that, that you've that you've put in, uh, as many of them as possible uh, within the next bit of time that we have here. Um, so if you're on Facebook or YouTube, go ahead and do that. Uh, one thing that I see is any tips on doing the ramp test on the TT bike? It says, sounds crazy, but my first few times doing the test, I put my Wahoo desk over the top of me. <laughs> so it forced me to stay in the aero bars. So Whoa. I said, like, <laughs> was really low and put the desk on top because it's a height adjustable kind of desk. Idea. That's funny. There's a, there's a video of me on our social pages of doing the ramp test. Mm-hmm. Can you put it in the Facebook beta I'll throw group? it in there. Yeah, cool. Yep. And you see me at the end is I get out of aero by like one elbow. Yeah. Because oh, you just oh. want to. Yep. And then yeah. I have to force myself in because yeah. it's so hard. I'm just about to do this very thing. Yep. Absolutely. Um, he says, uh, so he says that especially near the end of the test when he's at his limit, he wants to come out of the bars, which I totally get. I wanted to do the same thing, taking the ramp test on the on the TT bike. It's totally normal. He says, outside though on the road, I'm perfectly fine in the TT position. Uh, he says, I've tried raising up his kicker with puzzle pads. And he said, that's worked very well. Any tips? So I... I, I, I think a lot of this is psychological, uh, in that situation, wow. you know, it's it, for me, I'm going to speak for me. Yeah. Right now. But, so, but it's an unusual thing to do a, a, such a high intensity effort in the aero position. This yeah. isn't something you're ever really going to do out on the road. So you just, it maybe in that case, it is psychological. Exactly. So you just have to get used to the idea that this isn't realistic in, in terms of how it will apply to outdoors, but it is in terms of what I'm trying to get out of this assessment. And remember, we're trying to get an effective training benchmark mm-hmm. and you can absolutely do that inside in the aero position. But it's it's going to be a new sensation. I haven't mm-hmm. done it yet. I'm actually going to do it today, and I'm not looking forward to it. Because I know <laughs> that last minute down there, I'm going to want to come up so bad. That is coming them from like road and mountain bike racers. Yeah. But if you're a triathlete, you're probably doing all of your workouts, and all your VO2 anyway. max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're way everything. tougher than me. Exactly. You're used to it, so it's not so bad. <laughs> yeah. That's it. So it's not a new sensation yeah. in that case. Um, Matt asks, how well does the ramp test work if you're riding a dumb trainer, Kirk and Road Machine in this case, do you have to hit the steps exactly as it would be hard to judge the power considering cadence and gearing at the same time? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you a little secret is that other trainers, I love you, kicker, <laughs> but the, the power output that they tell you is smooth, artificially smooth. Substantially. <laughs> it is not as precise as you think it is. And if you hook up a power meter at the same time and don't do any of our power match stuff and just let the kicker drive it. Your power will be probably just as accurate. It's actually, so when I don't use a smart trainer like that and I'm just shifting, 
I'm actually more precise. I can hit my targets with more precision than just leaving it up to the trainer. Yeah. yeah so you look at any raw power file, it's downright jagged. It doesn't matter how good a rider you are. You could be a pro to a rider who's got 40 years in your leg or 30 years in your legs, and yep. it's still going to be really, really jagged. So yeah. do your best, Matt. And um, you'll have to have little cadence gearings, but really like, or changes, but um, unless you have some crazy gearing, I usually find that like, three different or um three rpm mm -hmm. difference is enough it's not like you're going 110 and then 80 mm -hmm. and then you got to go 100 again and then 80 yeah right. it's, it's usually like 90 93 90 yeah. 93 yeah. like it's exactly. just small adjustments yeah it's 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 typical alex uh he says that he's on team nate for the 40k tt so consider yourself lucky that i'm Wait, reading this question okay alex, alex did, did he vote? <laughs> let's hear it <laughs> so he says i'm curious to know if you guys have done lactate threshold tests while testing your new ramp test and how accurate it was uh we we have actually or we have somebody like uh, getting data on this the interesting thing though that we've seen across this. And keep in mind, the overarching point with this is what we're getting at is an effective training benchmark. That's what we're really going for, right? Um, and then lactate threshold testing itself too, even though you should be able to tell where the threshold is on certain people, it, it definitely does manifest itself differently. I was at what, like 13? No, you went or, up to 18 I went to, or something. Yeah, I went yeah. up to 20. Yeah, I think I went up to- Your threshold was like 17 yeah. millimoles. And versus, you know, typically they say it's you around go, four. You can go sky high. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, certain people behave differently differently with that, but we're really getting after is an effective training benchmark, mm -hmm. right? Um, it can assimilate to that, but what we're really, we're not necessarily trying to, to find your lactate threshold as much as get an effective training benchmark. Yeah. That For kicks, I tried to do this and it's really hard to do your own lactate tests with one minute steps. So I may try again because <laughs> I'm getting more and more familiar <laughs> with the ram test. <laughs> For kicks. I, I'm zooming my okay. finger, but yeah. even that was quite difficult. I'm sure. So I'll probably get another crack, but that's just for my own information really. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave says, oh, this is a good one. He says, I've used the ramp test multiple times and it works great. I did fall into the ego trap and stood for the last 15 seconds to get a higher number, he says. Mm -hmm. And he says he ended up with an overestimated FTP. Then he says, follow directions and trust the results. So um, standing, I guess, is something that we uh, want to want to cover. Yeah, so that, again, I honestly think if you get to a point where you can stand, you, you just haven't pushed that point of true failure. Yeah, I, I can. I can't. I couldn't get out of the saddle if I had to. Oh yeah, no way. Same. Mm -hmm. Same with me. Yeah. So I yeah. think it, it's indicative of the fact or representative that you held back just a little bit. You were mm -hmm. saving and and you planned it and you saw it coming, anticipated it, got out of the saddle and tried to drive that number again artificially high. Mm -hmm. Lee asks, how important is smoothing from one up to ten seconds? So smoothing mm -hmm. is a display thing only. We still record and do all your analysis based on the raw data. Um, but smoothing, you can do whatever you want. I personally like seven seconds with a power meter mm -hmm. because as we talked about before, power meters are jumpy. And, uh, that reminds me is I want to make sure our default in trainer road is five seconds, because mm -hmm. if we default people to zero seconds, um, it can be extremely hard to hold mm -hmm. a wattage because the number is fluctuate so much, yep. but if it's kind of smoothed out, it makes it a lot easier mm -hmm. to hold the number. So. Yeah. yeah, like seven, uh, five. It depends on really your depending your power on what meter. I'm doing. Yeah, and some on the different power meters on the cork, I do five second, and then on uh, stages or no, the power two max that I have on my TT bike, I do ten. Yeah, so. I, power tap, I could always get away with a little less because it's it's a little more smooth Kinda on smooth the rear wheel. Yeah, mm -hmm. but anything like crank forward, mm -hmm. I feel like at least five, like you said. I agree. Uh, David says on the ramp test, he says that uh, he assumes that the tests are only 25 watts at a time. Uh, that's not correct. It's all based off of percentage of FTP, right? 
yep. sailed to your FTP. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're not always 25 watts. And then if you're talking about, and he says he was confused at how the test could only last uh, two to two and a half minutes, or he says to 21 minutes, I'm not sure. But really what we're talking about, just to clarify, when we say the hard part, that hard part ends up being the, you know, the last handful mm -hmm. of minutes. Mm -hmm. um, as far as where we see how long the test lasts, anywhere from what, 16 to 20 minutes? I guess 20 minutes is pretty long, but yeah. usually yeah. Ends it, up being it depends. I mean, if you come in with a really low FTP, it Michael. could go 21, 22, but it's not taking an hour for anybody. Heck no. <laughs> uh, no, even if someone drastically underestimates their incoming FTP, I don't think, I can't see it taking 30 minutes. Yeah, I don't yeah, think so either. I don't think it would, yeah. It just, it, yeah, it, it just ramps up, so yep. you can't do it. And if you've estimated it high and it goes and you only last 14 minutes or anything else like that, the cool part about this is that you still get the accurate, accurate result, mm -hmm. right? So that's the, that's the cool part. Steve says, uh, you've sold me on the RAM test assessment. When is it going to be available in Trainer Road? The good hey. news is we <laughs> planned ahead and yep. it's as long as you're on the latest software, it has already been in the software for a few weeks now. Mm -hmm. So we did what is called like a soft launch and we told the beta group, but we wanted to make sure that the, the test works well and uh, we didn't have any bugs. Mm -hmm. And so if you just go into your app and or your desktop app, just make sure it's updated and it probably is because everything's set to auto update. Um, search for ramp and it should be there. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see, Derek mentions the fact that he, uh, talking about taking outdoor data, he said he did a 40K TT and his average power was 272 and he did a 5850. And he was wondering if he could use that as his FTP. We, we talk about that and you can definitely use you know, data from, from your race files and everything else where it gets really tricky is when you're looking at like normalized power with like a criterium that was like an hour long or something like don't, that can be tricky. I can get some really high normalized power numbers. Yeah, but in that case, he's probably going to have an NP. His normalized is probably going to be super close to his average power, but just look at your average power for that hour, 58 mm -hmm. minute long effort. That's going to be a super sound estimate of your FTP. That's actually a measure of FTP. Right. The interesting thing about this though, is, you know, there could be a number of factors that affect you and, and one day can be great. One day can be bad and that's kind of the nice part about having a ramp test that isn't so demanding is the mm -hmm. fact that you can validate that sort of thing right there and you can do it uh, with less consequence because that 40 KTT probably made you feel terrible afterward. Probably pretty rough. Um, let's see, uh, which test do the coaches prefer? Somebody asks, I think all of us across the board and everybody here at trainer road really prefers so this the is the test. only assessment format I'll actually do. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> no, I, mean, I would do I'm the just, other ones. It would just take so much mental energy. I wouldn't oh, yeah. though. I'd rather de default to estimating it and it didn't always serve me well. So, but that's how daunting I found those other protocols. So if you are doing a steady state one, Paul over on YouTube asks, so you are doing a steady state test, let's, let's say, uh, what's the best way to control? pacing. Uh, you know, pacing is something that you learn definitely through experience. Uh, you learn your limits and how to perceive those limits. But then on, on top of that, if you're talking about just what the graph should look like, we always say that like, if anything, a subtle smile, if there's fluctuation, but in an ideal world, you start out, you hit that number that you need to sustain and you carry it across. Yeah. It's like 49.5% the first half and then 50.5% the second half. Exactly. That's when um, that they look at world records and mm -hmm. in different sports and that's like running especially because it's easy because a lot of things are taken out but that's usually the pacing strategy that wins that gets you the fastest result is that slight slight difference um, <laughs> yeah which is really hard to do 
It is. When we would do these assessments indoors in a, in a class environment, I would always tell people, now, now, now's the time to ask yourself, can I work a little bit harder without overdoing it? Then do it. Do I need to back off a little bit? Then do it. But it's always a really fine line. So you should mm -hmm. never be too far from feeling like, I'm not sure I can do this or I'm barely hanging in there sort of thing. Stefan has a tip. He says, I frequently use the technique of telling myself I can do anything for 10 seconds. It helps me last through VO2 max efforts and definitely helps mm -hmm. me near the end of the ramp test. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, this is a question that we kind of covered earlier, but just to rehash on this because we covered it in the beginning, uh, Phil asked, do you have a general idea of where you are at? I assume he means in terms of FTP. And he says, just asking because you'll need to have some sort of a starting point. And uh, yeah, we can, you know, when you start with Trainer Road, we help estimate your FTP. And then if you have an idea of where you're at, go ahead. But once again, like we said, it doesn't have to be absolutely perfect, yeah. right? Within even like 50 watts, it's yeah. probably plenty close. Mm -hmm. um, but if you, I even took a test, actually. At you did, yeah. Like you at did, a way higher FTP. You did it at 350. Yeah, and uh, I still got good data. Yeah. yeah. So, But in general, if you're not sure, just downgrade it. It doesn't matter because yeah. um, it's just going to make it just take a little bit yeah, longer. Yeah, it might make the test two or three minutes longer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, James says, if you have to reach over and press end test when you cannot go on, will those five to 10 seconds lower your power uh, your power, lower your FTP score. So he's talking about like, you might have your computer across the room, mm -hmm. you're doing your, your test, you finish the one minute test, you're breathing hard, you feel like, oh, I have to run off the bike and go push the end test button. Yeah. Um, no, you don't have to do that because what we're looking at is the one minute best. So yep. you could actually have two days of just chilling and then hit the end test button and you'd get your... You know, go back and it'll pluck out that best one minute. Exactly. And, and you're good. Yep. yep. And you're good. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Um, let's see. Oh, somebody tells you, Nate, that they're all good trainers, Nate. So They're all good. There's no, <laughs> There's no bad. There's no dumb um, trainers, just dumb questions. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. It looks like the majority of the questions here are we've we've covered now. Um, oh, somebody's Ooh. asking. Oh yeah, go ahead. I got this is a great tip. Okay, John just says you can turn off erg mode smooth erg mode smoothing in the Kicker app. I did not know you could do that. There you go. That's pretty interesting. I knew That's it. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you do, we <laughs> I saw a lot of people because they actually pushed an update that that got rid of the smoothing for a oh, bit. Oh, yeah. And I saw a bunch of people saying, like, my kicker's broken. It's terrible. <laughs> and, then yeah. they, and then they and took then it they away. they took it away. And they're yep. like, it's fixed. <laughs> like, yep. I, well, know? it's... Uh, but it's, it's, yeah. it's how it works. We're not as smooth as we, as we like to think we are so, with erg mode. This is a good question. You have two trainers. Mm -hmm. One trainer artificially smooths your data, so it looks like you're hitting erg mode exactly. Mm -hmm. Another trainer shows real power. They both are locking you in at the same rate, but one is showing it better. Mm -hmm. I mean, showing it... The raw, a more smooth number, so it looks like you're locked in, and one shows the real number. Yeah. What's the better trainer? <laughs> I bet you most yeah. people would rather buy the one that artificially. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Gives them. I, I mean, I personally I like the other one to get the raw numbers to know I, what I'm doing. Yep. And then apply smoothing myself, but I, I bet you people like. It's ego. Exactly. Like you're like <laughs> this is perfect. I am perfect. Yeah, exactly. Everything is perfect. Uh, somebody asks if uh, they have a situation where their mountain bike doesn't fit on their trainer, um, but it does have a power meter, and that they have to use their road bike on the trainer, but they really want to get their FTP on the mountain bike. So their question is, can they do the ramp test outside, like on the road? Um, it's Would that be tough. It can be tough. Like, no, like I'd, the, I'd say impossible. I don't know how you do that. Yeah, you're basically like uh, if you're taking a test where precision really matters, and then you're leaving it up to elements of interference that could happen out on the road. I suppose you could do it on a steady climb, but man, would it be tricky? You'd have to know that you're not going to face any interruptions. Yeah, yeah, and the it, climb would have to be very steady. 
Yeah. And the cool part about this ramp test when you're in these controlled circumstances is when you make those steps, those steps aren't excessive because, you know, going excessive, especially once you cross threshold, you know, if you, if you grab that gear or something like that, or you, or the road tips up or the w gust of wind hits you and it puts you at a spike over that, that can, that can be tough. So, I mean, yeah, you're still going to get the right data, but David maybe. says, yeah. um, did I just hear you correctly? You need to have an FTP estimate to do the ramp test. Surely that is counterintuitive. Um, yes, but not in the way you're thinking. You don't need yeah. to figure out what the ending number is. You need right. some kind of FTP written, put it into the software that is lower than what your current FTP is. And we help you guess that. Yeah, exactly. So, so. again, if you're, if you're brand new to it, um, we will give you an FTP that is lower and you just answer some questions. We don't, we don't want to start the FTP test at zero Watts mm -hmm. and that prevents us from doing it. We need something to work with to start with. Exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the difference between a new rider or like a bigger, strong rider, strappy man, like Chad, mm -hmm. um, you'll have different starting points. Yeah. So, so, uh, and if you don't, and, and how about this, if you don't know what your FTP is and you're wondering about what FTP to put in there, uh, and you have your past rides in trainer road, you can just hit up support at trainerroad.com and yeah. we can help you figure out a ballpark. Yeah. Or so. you can just put in uh, two Watts per kilogram. Yeah. Like mm -hmm. whatever that is for two Watts per kilogram for you. Mm -hmm. Uh, and if you are brand new, you could even go lower to like 1.5 or yeah, something, sure. depending on your weight, you could go lower than that. And again, you yeah. can contact support. We'll help. And you the only work. real effect is it's just going to make your test slightly longer, but it, but the, that extra duration is going to be easy stuff. Mm -hmm. yep. So absolutely. Uh, Kyle says, uh, since the ramp test is looking at your best woman in power, he says hitting the target ramps isn't do or die. Right. And, uh, and technically, I guess he's talking about like with like perfect precision. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I think that there's a lot to be said with steadily ramping up that stress. Well, and that's it. As long as it's a steady ramp, mm -hmm. uh, you're, you're steadily escalating your, your energy output, your effort, then that's, that's, that's what's key here. So don't get too hung up on the numbers or matching the step percentages exactly, the target power exactly, mm -hmm. but it needs to be a steady escalation. Mm -hmm. uh, Jose, steady and mild. Yes, yeah. Jose asks, and we talked about this, but will the ramp test replace the traditional eight or 20 and eight minute tests in the training plans? Yes, they will. Mm -hmm. um, you'll still be able to do them if you wish. You'll be able to find them in the library. There'll be verbiage in there in the week tips that say, you know, if you want the old protocol, it's still out there, just a reminder. And this, uh, these changes are gonna happen next week. Mm -hmm. Uh, then Alex, this is somewhat related. He says, is this normal that I can put out more power when in the arrow position than when I'm in a more upright position? No, it's, it's not for common. You. Yeah. yeah. It's not common, but that doesn't mean that it's bad. Mm -hmm. It's just means I, that you're more specifically trained for that scenario. I hear it from some people occasionally, especially triathletes. Mm -hmm. And I'm so jealous every time. I know, right? <laughs> Cause yeah, right? yeah, exactly. this is a uh, Chuck says he's he had another one. He had, he did the ramp test before and he would backpedal for the cool down. Mm -hmm. And he's wondering if that then lowered his test score. So I'm going to say it again. Nope. nope it mm -hmm. doesn't. You can, and you even see, uh, um, in the video that I do it, I'm like sitting there for a good 10, 15 seconds <laughs> yeah. trying to breathe. Worked. And then I hit the end it's like button. Any race file, you can do a thousand different things. All we're going to go through in, in this case and just cherry pick that single best minute. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Uh, with that, I think that we're probably good to, to close this one out. So hopefully this gave you a lot of information. And if you're joining us on the podcast or live stream right now, uh, thank you for this. Hopefully this gave you a lot of information on assessment and especially obviously the ramp test, but assessment in general, uh, it's something that you should do. Like we said, every four to six weeks, it'll be in the plans. Um, and now it doesn't have to be as dreadful. It's something that actually you can, you might even be able to look forward to. So, uh, it's, and you I probably get enjoy it. a better, more 
more consistent results for better training. That's really the point. That's the goal. Goal, better better training. training. Yeah. So thanks for joining us. If you have any other questions about assessments or the ramp test or anything else that relates to training, you can submit that at trainerroad.com slash podcast. Uh, If you want to join us all, you can. And that's at the Trainer Road uh, Facebook podcast group. You can find it there. Uh, Trainer Road's Ask a Cycling Coach podcast Facebook group. Just search for Trainer Road podcast. You'll find it on there. And uh, you can also find us on Reddit, r slash Reddit or r slash Trainer Road. And you can go in there and throw in your questions as well. We're looking forward to talking to you all next week. We'll have dirty Kansas stuff to talk about. We'll have lost and found stuff to talk about, and we'll have your questions to address. And a stage race or Omnium. Yeah. And an Omnium. Yep. Lots Mm -hmm. of stuff. Lots of stuff. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks everybody. Bye-bye.